Welcome to another special edition of The Exchange. Today we're joined by real estate mogul Joel Ives, for, live from his kitchen it looks like. Uh, Blake Doyle below me. Uh, how's it going today, Joel? It's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. As best it can be. Exactly. So real estate mogul, that, I mean, I, I might, uh, Trump might be a real estate mogul and I don't know if anyone wants to emulate him these days, but Joel's been in the real estate business for his entire career. Uh, I don't even know how many years, but it must be 30 or more, I'm sure. Uh, I started selling in 91, but as I've said to people, I, my dad's been doing it over 50 years and I'm only 50, so I've been holding the tape since I've been two or three, so... Well, probably nobody knows the business and there's lots of experienced real estate uh, agents and brokers, but I think you've got an exceptionally attuned sort of sense of the market. Um, we're in a calamitous time. What's your sense of, uh, I know you've had closings right up until the end of the month, but what's going to happen? Where are we today? Well, you know, right now uh, we did, we still had closings last week. We've got closings scheduled for this week and, you know, we even have closings scheduled all through the month of April and May and June. Um, where those are going to go is really going to depend on a lot of different things. Um, I've been told on the mortgage companies that, you know, they're basically checking a uh, day of funding of, of what's happening. Are people still employed? Are they employed at the same level? You know, so that's, that's going to be a challenge, right? I mean, the registry department is still open to take documents. Uh, I've been in contact with some lawyers and there's some title, um, title insurance programs that are there to still work should the registry department shut down. So things are adapting well on there. Um, you know, they haven't really deemed us essential or non-essential yet. Uh, we're kind of in there in that professional service. So it's, it's going to be a challenge. We, you know, one instance, a few instances we've had is people have sold their house uh, prior to the, you know, lockdown or for lack of a better term and all their conditions have been met. So all of a sudden their house is supposed to close the end of April and they have nowhere to go. So in one sense, that would be considered essential service for shelter, but someone who just wants to go shopping to shop, uh, you know, I don't think that's the same thing. So it's got some challenges, but, you know, if someone's going to buy a house or was going to buy a house this year, they probably still will. We're just on the pause button with it. it, it our industry is different like that because it's not like if we were running a, a fried chicken joint, you know, where if all of a sudden you know, you're going to buy a house. You're only going to buy one anyways, but no one's going to walk into a, a fried chicken place next week and say, oh, I wasn't here last week. So give me two buckets, you know? So our industry hopefully should bounce back um, on some things. Now, mind you, some people are going to take a different hit, maybe with their jobs and different things like that. And, and it's going to affect the mortgages. But I would think as the banks are adapting uh, to all this change. All of a sudden, you know, somebody got laid off for a month. Well, if, if they go and they apply for their mortgage when they go back to work, I would think that the bank's going to look at that and say, oh yeah, that was during COVID-19. That's not a true layoff. So, but, you know, we'll see how it goes, but that's kind of the thing that I see on it. But it, it, it's a challenge. We have people that still want to buy and sell houses and, and, you know, uh, we're, we're trying to deal with it the best we can, you know, with virtual tours, online assessments, uh, different things like that. But, you know, we're trying to limit as much contact as, as we're supposed to be doing it, as we're being asked by our, you know, our health people who are a lot smarter than, than me, that's for sure. You, know, you mentioned the butter, the bucket of chicken. I think there's a lot of pent up demand for 
buckets of chicken. I think when people are released, if you can buy one, yeah. they'll sell. But, um, you know, the state has kind of imposed, I mean, the state by every government uh, from the U.S. and Canada and its provinces, they've suspended commerce and suspended the economy. And I do think that the transaction of real estate is an essential service, may not be deemed as such, but it's an economic stabilizing force. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it is important if we can't get back to some sense of normalcy and conducting trades, how has your firm adapted? Because we may have to be in a different environment for 24 months. Well, you know, we, we, we've been involved quite heavily for the last probably 10 years on electronic signatures. You know, that would that would have been the first thing of, of non-face-to-face things where we have the abilities to sign legal documents electronically from any device and anywhere. Um, we've invested heavily in the last few years in, in content creation by hiring, you know, having a, a, an in-house photographer. And we just recently hired another one uh, for video, uh, doing virtual tours and stuff. Um, our, our franchise, you know, provides us with uh, different online meeting systems, something some similar to this, uh, where probably we're going to have to start, you know, doing a virtual showing with people where we would meet just like we're meeting here and okay, let me share my screen. Let's pull up the pictures and okay, this, this is the kitchen. I've been in the house. So what would you like to know about it? What can I answer? Uh, here's our 3d tour that we've had. Let's walk through it together and have these conversations. Maybe we, you know, we're going to have to have those. We've had the luxury before of going and just showing it. Um, and, and we've always had this technology. We just haven't been forced to use it. I think that's the big thing in this, this situation that all of us are starting to use the technology that we had, but we never maxed it out. So we're somewhat prepared on that. Um, you know, like I said, we've invested, we, we have what's called a, a Matterport camera, which gives you a 3D tour. We don't have it on all our listings. We have it on quite a few where you can physically walk through it like a Google Street View through the house. People still want to touch and go from there. Um, you know, so it's working on that. All my admin are all set up remotely. We're all doing everything uh, that we can be doing in our in our home office, in at the what we could be doing at our main office, at our home office. And once again, we were close to that before, but we never really enforced it. So I'm kind of encouraged by that because that's going to free up a lot of time for, for my admin um, or our freedom. You know, when we deal with like a lot of small businesses such as school closures or government closures, you know, everyone's like, okay, well, it's a storm day, let's stay home. And, and you, you've written that article, Blake, about that. Well, now all of a sudden, I could say to some of my men, well, stay home, your kids are home, but I need the work done. And they have the ability. A month ago, they didn't. We had the ability, we just never set it up because it was like, oh, I'll get around to it. Now we're there. So next, next winter, when that stuff comes up, you know, I've gotten to men with two small children at home. Yeah, stay at home. Here, here's how we're going to work done. And, or it's, it's going to open things up that, you know, I don't need you to work nine to five. I just need the job done. And, and I think that's where things are going to get embraced a lot more in a lot of business. And there's opportunity there. You, you know, know, it's a, even the brokers, there's a possibility they could be disintermediated through this process. Now, I have purchased real estate remotely using DocuSign to execute documents. I've used walkthrough videos to see the physical structures. But at the end of the day, you need somebody that you've got confidence in that can give you a recommendation. I think that's the role the brokers will have going forward. Even if they're not as physically engaged, yeah. you still have to have that confidence in an individual to represent your you know, position and in the transaction. No question. And it's going to be the same 
with, with anything now, right? With your, with your lawyer and your doctor, I actually had to sign documents last Friday, right? You know, they scheduled me to come in at 1045 and they lead me down a room and they wipe everything down and they're wiping pens down and all that stuff. But that industry still relies on paper right? and, and they rely on checks. And now we're, as we've been pushing for a while, like, can we get, you know, as you guys pay us our commissions, can you pay us electronically? Well, you know, all last month, oh no, we can't do that. That's not this. Now everybody's saying, okay, uh, maybe we should look at that conversation again and do this. And, but you still need that personal connection or that, that trust in somebody. Right. And, and it will, I mean, I, I think we're going to get through it. it it's just going to be an adaption. And kind of like you mentioned, it's, it's almost like a forced pilot program because not everyone's used to working from home, but now we have no choice. You kind of have to get used to it. Um, and a lot of companies were thinking, oh, well, how can we do this? Like this would be like, let's say a year ago, how can we uh, cater to what our staff needs? But now it's a, a forced, forced uh, pilot, like kind of like what you mentioned. And with that's great opportunity, right? Because when you look at it here on PEI, I mean, we, we all live here, so we love it, right? But if all of a sudden you were sitting in Toronto or Calgary or any major center and you're sitting on the 28th floor and you're working from home because you can now, because you have to be, why am I here? If I'm going to work remotely, why can't I work remotely from PEI? And then if you're that bigger company, well, why are we paying $50, $75 a square foot for someone to be working in this building? And we're paying that person 75K or 80K a year to work here. Gee, maybe that guy wants to move back home uh, and work for us for the same salary, but we don't need that space. So we can see that shift in the commercial real estate side of things. And we can see the opportunity with here. I mean, we've seen that in the past with companies such as Ceridian, uh, CGI, and Invesco, who are coming for our talent pool per se, but they're also coming for our their ability for lower commercial real estate and, and lower wage, but the lower wage is more of a higher wage for us here. So, you know, I, I see that. I mean, and the province has tried that for years, you know, east sizing and come back home right now. I mean, you know, I think if I was sitting in one of those high rises and I'm getting cramped in say, well, I paid 400 grand for this, uh, for this condo, 400 grand gets me a nice house back in Sherwood, you know, where I grew up or, West Royalty or Montague, you know. It's funny, we, um, you know, I think the feds primarily, I mean, they, they announced some uh, rebates right after we interviewed some federal, Sean Casey was on the province, certainly watching what we're doing and they're making announcements based on what the exchange is doing. But uh, I think your comment, because uh, I have seen a change in the real estate, the commercial real estate market. Uh, CBRE did a little presentation uh, late last week talking about the impact primarily to the, realist, uh, the retail uh, yeah. commercial space. But this might be a great pivot for the province and whomever moves first, and hopefully our province can, maybe innovation can get ahead of this thing and try to use it as a patriation strategy. Yeah. So another tidbit from the exchange, from Joel Ives, for the province to enact, uh, to, to enact some policy. So, but that's a great point. Well, I, I think we have to look at these uh, on these opportunities. And I think, you know, we're all changing on this, right? We're, you see it on Facebook, you see the memes and all this about, you know, we're all, we all realize the stuff we have isn't the stuff we need. And we're all starting to circle back to what's important. It's like, we're all missing, you know, seeing our, our, our parents right now, or our parents seeing their grandkids. I mean, Zoom and FaceTime, that's all great if, if, if one's in Toronto and one's in Charlottetown. But if your grandkids are in Charlottetown, you're in Charlottetown, it, it, it's, it's, 
it's it's hard, right? I mean, it's the same with me. I mean, my dad still works with me, and I see him a lot. Well, you know, I don't see him. And, you know, the other day, I, I was going in to give blood, and I was coming into the screening room, and there he was. He was there for his appointment. I was so excited because I'm like, I'm going to be able to sit six feet away from him and have a cup of coffee. <laughs> but that's the stuff when you realize it. That's what we all start realizing of what, you know, what is important. So, you know, and I think we're a resilient bunch. And I think the way our health system is attacking this, uh, I think people are noticing from across the country, you know, and we have that border. I mean, I know this virus has no border, but if we can kind of keep stock of things and shut down, people are going to say, hey, these guys, even though they're small, they kind of know what's going on. And, and I think I feel protected. I mean, we're looking at today, as of today, I think we're still at 11 cases, one cure, none hospitalized. I mean, and, and they're prepared for it. So if we can show those systems, I mean, we've always, as islanders, we've always punched way above our weight, right? In a lot of things. And I think we can really take advantage of that and, and, and celebrate. It's, it's tough to find celebrations right now. But as I look at it, I'm pretty proud of it. I, I feel good about it. I mean, hey, I have moments in my day where I just want to pull the blankets up and suck on my thumb, you know. But for the most part, I, I think, you know, w- we can try to get through this because we just can't, you just can't lay down. I mean, that, that, that'll solve nothing. It is a bit of a health crisis, uh, more so than an economic crisis. We're, we're in an economic crisis, probably, but uh, we have great leadership, and I think Heather Morrison's done that. Certainly some of the, uh, the medical professionals in the healthcare, like Trevor Jane, the yes. systems they put in place. Now, the next couple of weeks, we'll see if we're going to peak in cases. It's going to be probably late this week and next, and uh, I, I feel confident, as you do, that the, uh, the system can administer probably better than other places like yes. New York. So, and I think that that could be a great story coming out of this as well. Again, something the province could tout. Yeah, and and, right. I, and I think that's what we 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 all need a hero, right? Uh, we need a hero story. We need to grasp to those, and and I think that's where it is. I mean, as I worry about, you know, are people going to buy houses and go do that? Like, they will. Know, they, they will. Uh, yeah. You know, and my dad. I, I keep referencing him. I mean, he's been through the the 19 and 21% interest rates, right? Mm. And, and really in our business, residentially, if you need a house, you're going to buy a house, um, no matter what it is. If you have a job and if, if interest rates are 20%, they're 20%. You, if that's what you need, that's what you need. It's a life choice um, that, that'll make that happen. And, you know, that's, I remember I asked my father that one. I said, what did you do then? He says, well, I just had to get up and I had to work. Because I had to make it happen. Because, you know, stopping is not is not an option. Some people do, and and, and that's fine. And everyone has their their reasonings behind it. But but we can't, right? I mean, that's the same with all economy. You, you're looking at all the adaption. How many restaurants in Charlottetown actually had delivery this time last month? Right. Very few. Now they're all there and they're trying to find the right way to make it happen. You know, some of them are packaging up family style meals and doing that. Okay, great. That's a great option. It's not their best thing, but they're adapting. You know, others may not shutting down might've been the best choice for them. Who knows? Right. I think it's an important lesson in, in business and life in general. Like you have to pivot when things get bad. Like you can't, you can't keep going and sucking money into this if, if it's not working or if you can't open for per se. Yeah. Um, to, to kind of change gears, you're pretty heavily involved with the Charlottetown Islanders. 
Um, so you want to kind of give us a run through of what that's been like uh, having to, first of all, cancel games and then playoffs cancels in, in the CHL. And then now, now where, where are you, where are you looking at for next year? Well, you know, that's a challenging time as well, uh, because it's one of those things. It's not, uh, you know, we have quite a few investors in that team and it's none of our primary business. And it was the kind of thing where two months ago we were thinking, oh, okay, well, we're going to make the playoffs. We'll be, uh, that's it. And then all of a sudden the team starts firing on all cylinders and we get excited by it. And, and, and it's always a great excitement when, when the town and the province gets behind it. So we ran into challenges with that, you know, as, as a sports team, we felt very susceptible to the virus as, as many did, because here you got, you know, a group of people, uh, in dressing rooms, water bottles, all those sorts of things that you've looked after, but even still, that's where you could see it almost explode. So we were really concerned first for all our players, uh, because, you know, those guys are on buses or in schools and all that stuff. So as of right now, you know, nobody that we know of is sick, which is great. Um, it was a challenge, uh, to say, okay, well, when is this going to happen? Because all of a sudden they put, you know, we might have playoffs, we may not have playoffs. So all of a sudden you're still keeping your staff and everything together because you don't know if you're going to play or not. And and then it's not quite sure what's going to happen. And then just right before um, they did cancel the playoffs, they did say, well, you know, if, if your kids can all still continue with school based upon how school is going, you can send them home because these are, 16 to 20 year old kids who are staying in the, not a stranger, their billet families are their families, but these kids wanted to get home, right? We all want our moms when, when times get tough. And uh, so we were able to get that, get, get them all home uh, and stuff. So, you know, it's a challenge. And then we look at, okay, now that uh, everything has been canceled, you know, we feel bad for guys who are in their last year of eligibility that aren't going to finish out the way they want it. Uh, and then next year it's like, okay, well, what's it going to look like? You know, are we going to get people sitting side by side to see a sports event? I, I think we will at some point. Uh, we'll, we'll get through it. I mean, you know, the, the, dog, the dark days after 9-11, people figured that no one would ever go in a building again. But we did. Uh, you know, there'll be some challenges and, and we're looking at it. And, but, you know, it, it's like anything. We can't really plan that far ahead because we don't know what's going to happen. But, you know at the end of the day, you still need something to take your mind off your problems and, and issues. So if it's hockey for some, great. You know, that's that's kind of what we hope. And we're always committed to trying to provide a good product that people want to be interested in. Yeah. And I think like it's it's the same as anything. Like, for example, my university graduation got canceled, but you can't really dwell on that because yes, it sucks, but there's no choice. It's a worldwide kind of health pandemic. Um, and even if there, there was something you could do about it uh, right in the immediate future, like we just you can't, you can't focus on the negative and kind of keep pushing forward to say, okay, what can we do next? What can we do better next year? And focus yeah. on that kind of thing. And that's it. I mean, it's the same with you, Sam. Like you say, if your graduation's done, and people say, oh, we should have a virtual graduation. Well, if it doesn't, you know, maybe. But, I mean, it's the same thing, you know. Would we want to have our players playing for a championship with nobody in the stands mm -hmm. to enjoy exactly. it? I don't think anybody wants to do it. I think you've got to kind of cut your losses. And for you, you know, graduation is a very important part. But, you know, I, I think now it's you just got to look at it. Well, I succeeded in this and now I'm moving on to the next exactly. step. It's no different for a kid who's in grade 12. Prom is a very important part of your life. Then later on, it's like, okay. <laughs> so, so, you know, if we can't have these mass gatherings and there's a big economic impact as well to not having sports, uh, sport teams and all the functions that go with those, they're certainly a part of the economic driver. And I've known you for a long time, Joel. I've known you 
before real estate. Um, what about DJing? Like, how do you think the future of DJing is going to adapt to this kind of environment? Well, I, I saw one of our other uh, DJ partners, Craig Clark, do a virtual uh, dancer. He did it on live YouTube the other night where he was mixing and stuff and doing the tunes. Uh, you know, music and all that still brings people together, right? I mean, you look at the concert last night. They tried to do, I tried to do, they did it. Elton John was doing some stuff, and it was interesting how people were doing their band work uh, similar to this. You know, I, the future of DJ, uh, I, I think, is in good hands. I, I think but people, you might not be part of that future. Is that what we're hearing here? Well, you know, I had the guy text me the other day wanting to know if I would sign up for my grass cutting business. I said, only if you give me a mower, you know, I might <laughs> apply for a job. But uh, who knows? We might break out the wheels of steel again. We'll probably uh, wrap things up a little bit, Joel, but just, uh, I know your company has been really, really progressive as far as adaptation of technology. You're an early adopter of, of different social media platforms. I know you've got uh, a well-versed community in your organization that use technology. You'll survive this, I'm sure, certain. Is the industry conditioned and prepared to kind of get through this? Can they adapt? What do you, you know, do? You, I guess, optimistically, what do you see? People will still buy houses. They may be. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Another thing I, you know, I, I, like I said, I really rely on my old man a lot too, right? He was born in 1943. Uh, so his parents, my grandparents took quite a chance. 1943 in Canada, there was no D-Day yet. Uh, you know, the allies weren't doing real well in the war and, and he was born, right? So, I mean, you have to be optimistic. Uh, the industry, you know, yeah, well, there's going to be some changes. Um, there's going to be some people, you know, some collateral damage, I guess. They're going to be left to the side. Uh, and that's the same in every industry, right? I mean, I think our landscape, and it's not going to be right away. Um, my business is, is a little different, right? If people aren't making money, well, then they have to go find something. So it depends on where, where that's going to be. But uh, I, I feel pretty strong that I mean, we've got some great leadership. I, I'm really impressed with where my franchise has gone. They were, we were quick out of the gate. We're doing training every day at 2 o'clock uh, on a Facebook Live group, and it's all basing to try to keep people focused not it's not about here's how you go show a house it's like okay here's some exercises you should be doing now to get ready for when the taps get turned on and here's this and here's how you should get talking to people so i feel quite confident in, in that and, and the leadership there uh, i haven't seen on the other side of other people but you know there's going to be i've been in a long email string with some other brokers on the island some are very vocal and some are not. And, and it concerns me that the ones who are not vocal may just be laying down and putting their head in the sand thinking, oh, this too shall pass. And I, I don't think so, you know. And I think, you know, it, it, it's a time to be smart uh, on the long game, on how people are going to judge us on how we act. I think it's, it's huge for any business to, <clears throat> to look at capital uh, and be ready um, because there's going to be some opportunities from other things there too, I think, because of that. But, um, you know, I, I went through the crash of OAs and you know what? I didn't even realize there was a crash until t 11 because you just did your work. And then after when you look back, you kind of go, Ooh, that was bad. And when I look at it now and I look at my statements, go, that was really bad, but you just do it, right? We have to, I mean, we can analyze this all we want, but it's either analyze or pull up our bootstraps and get to work. And I think, I think we're going to do that. And I, and I, and I do, I, I feel very optimistic uh, for the most part uh, of where we're going to end up here. It, it's going to be a challenge, but you know, it, it, it's going to be good. 
the taps are on. We've got $2 trillion in the States. We've got $82 billion so far in Canada. Sam says there's more to come, so I'll take his uh, guidance. Yes. Uh, hand over to you, Sam. But yeah, I think the taps are on. You're right, Joel. People who can prepare and adapt to this will be the ones that come up the other end. Yeah. I'm sure you'll be there. So That's, that's the plan. I mean, I, I, you can't plan for anything else right now. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus saying they're not. I mean, but we have to be, you know, I, I, I keep pointing back to uh, – I'm, I'm a big movie buff and I, I pointed back to the day at one of my meetings with across the country of, of George Bailey and it's a wonderful life. And there's that part and he's going on the wedding and there's the bank run and there's George, right. at, at, you know, in the, in his bank. Right. And he ends up the day with $2, you know, so they survived it. But the person that I always rec- remember in that is there was one guy who wanted to clean out his account and not care about anybody else. And then there was the lady who said, can I have 1650? Because that's what she knew that that's all she needed. I think this is a time for that, that if we look after those things, you know, if, if, if you have to take advantage of government programs, you take them. You don't take them because you think you're going to get ahead. You take them to survive. We've got to look after each other in these things and move forward. But, you know, I, I look at that, that if you're George Bailey and you can survive with $2 at the end of the day and Uncle Billy's still going, hey, we're all good. <laughs> Rosebud. It's a, a valuable life lesson. Though. Citizen for, Kane. Citizen Kane. <laughs> Thanks for reminder. Anyways, it was great having you on, Joel, and I'm sure we'll have you on again when things are a little less uh, less virtual. Um, and, and it was awesome to have some some of your time today. Excellent, guys. I enjoyed too. And hopefully, when we look back in this one, uh, this will just be a bad dream that we all experienced, and uh, we'll be back to to, to what sunny ways, as sunny our would say. <laughs> Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe it's a forced vacation and it gives people an opportunity to appreciate what they do have, which is family and enough in their cupboards. And if everybody does, but uh, it is a forced suspension and can't wait to get out of the penalty box here again soon. Exactly. Once we get through it, I'll buy a house too. I'll be, I'll have enough money to buy a house. We'll be there to help you out. There's optimism. Thanks, Joel. Thanks, Joel. Thanks, guys.